Five Faith Problems. How y'all doing this weekend? Doing good? Doing good? Well, hey, I'm, we are so glad you're here this weekend. Obviously, I'm not Pastor Chris, as you can tell by, uh, you know, the, the nice haircut. and the. I've tried to get him to button, button his top button all the way, but he says, apparently this is what nerds do, okay? And if I still had feelings from growing up with him, it would have hurt them, but I don't, okay? But hey, uh, Pastor Chris is visiting some of our missionaries. Um, my name is Zach Stevens. I'm our Pell City student pastor. I'm also our global student pastor. I help with uh, all five of our campuses and what God's doing. But first of all, before we do anything, uh, every time I get the opportunity to preach the weekend, I like to take a second and remember how blessed we are to attend a faith prom, attend a church like Faith Promise and have a pastor like Pastor Chris. Can we take a second to honor our pastor, our senior pastor? Love, love Pastor Chris, love Pastor Chris. I wanna take a brief second, and I gotta do this quick because God's got a lot, a lot for us uh, this weekend. What I wanna do is I just wanna take a quick second and tell you about what God's doing on Wednesday nights. A lot of us only come on the weekend and aren't sure what God's doing across all of our campuses. And these numbers are global numbers from all five of our campuses, not just Pellissippi or Blunt or Anderson or Campbell or North. This is all of them. And, and this is incredible. This is incredible. But I'm gonna tell you three facts. Okay, so I want you to hold your raging applause till the end. Okay, I'm gonna give you three. First one, on Wednesdays, we average 800 people at all of our campuses. Hold it. I feel it. You're just you're about to bust. The average church in Tennessee averages 75 a weekend. We average 800 on Wednesday. Uh, last weekend, we celebrated 500 baptisms as a church. So far, from January to now, we've baptized 225 students. Now, don't it? Wait. Not yet. I know it. It's, it's bubbling. It's, it's good. It's good. Last one. This is what I'm most excited about, is that on the weekend. At all five of our campuses, the second largest demographic is middle school and high school students. Now, that, that's pretty incredible. That's three. You can go ahead. Go crazy. Why that's so exciting is because the next generation of Faith Promise is already here. Why it's so exciting is because the next pastors, the next leaders, the next leader volunteers, all of them are already here. Faith Promise will not be a church that dies out because we're not willing to accept the next generation. We will be here until Jesus comes back saving people. That's who we'll be. And just to wrap this up nicely, this is a shameless plug is what it is. Um, the, one of the main things that will stop what God's doing on Wednesday nights if we don't have adults to come and love and lead our students. Uh, at the end of the service, there'll be some clipboards on the stage at all five of our locations. And I wanna beg you, if you're not serving, check out, check out Epi students. Check out what God's doing, because God is moving in a mighty way and saving the next generation. And there's one place that I know of. Now, there's lots of places, but there's only one place that I know every Wednesday there's adults who are ready to love and leave students, and that's at Faith Promise Church, and we need you. So we'd love to have you. That'll be at all five of our locations. Okay, that, I'm not going to promise that's the last time I'm going to plug it, but it's the last time for right now. So we'll move on. This is the first week of a series called um, No Filter. You saw the... You saw the promo for it, and just, just before, you know, you, you get concerned, this series is not a, uh, a campus-wide deal to stop selfies. That's not what it is, okay? I know some of you guys would die if you didn't get your morning selfie. It's not us telling you to stop taking pictures of your cat and posting them, even though cats are not going to heaven. Just just let you know. Um, if that upsets you, please email Josh Whitehead, the guy who's up here. But... Um, 
that, that, that's not what this is about. It's also not to hammer you uh, for being selfish, for taking pictures of yourself. It's not asking you not to put filters or not to wear makeup. Please, continue to wear makeup. Some of the guys, maybe you should take it up, okay? But that, that's not what this series is for, okay? This series, what we want to do is we want to use the, the selfie, the, fil- the filter, the social media picture um, to highlight the conflict between who we are and how we see ourselves. The conflict between who we are and how we want others to see us. The conflict between who we are and who we think we're supposed to be. That's what this series is all about. You know, a, a few weeks ago when I was doing some research for this series, there was one million selfies posted a day. It's probably more. I know, that's a lot of us out there, right? Some of us should slow down. But there's a, lot, a million selfies posted a day around the world. That's a ton, right? And so I, I want to use that to highlight um, the, like I said, that conflict. And we're going to look at one character. Now, I'm going to tell you the title for this message. It won't make sense right now, but it'll make sense as we get going in the sermon. And that title is Just Call Me Jacob. Just Call Me Jacob. Now, we're going to look in Jacob's life all four weeks. And the reason we're going to look in his life is because he shows this inner conflict in a very exciting and enlightening manner. Now, he's not the only, he's extremely complicated. He's not the only biblical character that is complicated. You know, David one day ruled the kingdom. The next day he was an adulterer. The next day he was a murderer. You know, Rahab one day she was a prostitute. The next day she was helping save Israel. So there's tons of complicated characters, but we're going to use Jacob because we're complicated. If you say you're not complicated, you're, you're, a, you're a complicated liar. But, that, so, but we're not going to talk about that. But we're all complicated. You're complicated. I'm complicated. Your wife's extremely complicated. Your mother-in-law's complicated. We're all complicated, okay? So let's just get that out in the open. Okay, my mother-in-law's gonna be upset with me. I love you. Okay, let me, let, let me read you a passage, and I'm gonna read a lot of scripture to you this weekend, and, but, but just hang with me, hang with me. I'm gonna start in Genesis 32. It'll all be on the screen, 32, 22 through 29. And this is a part of Jacob's life that we're gonna keep coming back to. And it says, the same night he rose and took his two wives, Some of you guys are already thinking, ooh, I like this church, two wives. Um, I'll let Pastor Chris deal with that. Uh, Two two female servants, his 11 children, and crossed the ford of the Chabak. Not Chabaka, Chabak, okay? Before some of you Star Wars people get excited. Chabak. He took them and sent them across the stream and everything else that he had. And Jacob was left alone. A man wrestled with Jacob until daybreak. And then uh, when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, the man touched his hip, and his hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then he said, let me go, talking to Jacob, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. Uh, and, th- and then he, he said, well, well, what is your name so I can bless you? He said, my name is Jacob. Then he said, your name shall no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. Now, that'll be huge, and, and, and we're going to continue to come back to that, but, but, but this, is, this is a big deal. Uh, because like we said, Jacob, Jacob's a complicated character just like us. Now, we see Jacob, we see him wrestling in this, and which made me feel good, because I've been wrestling with my older brother, who we're still witnessing to. Um, his, my, I'm just joking. His whole, our whole life we've been wrestling, so this guy's like my patron saint. Because actually, we see him wrestling again in Scripture. And I want to read that to you. In Genesis, this is in 25. Uh, Genesis 25, 21 through 26, okay? We find him wrestling again. Now, let me read this to you. Uh, and then Isaac, that's, that's Jacob's dad. Isaac prayed the Lord for his wife. 
because she was barren, unable to have kids. And the Lord granted his prayer. And Rebekah, his wife, conceived. And the children struggled within her. And, and she said, why is this happening to me? I think that would have been the right Mother's Day text, right? Why is this happening to me, God? I feel like that would have been right. Okay, mom's going to lie about it. Fine. Okay, so she inquired of the Lord. And the, I love the first place she turned to was the Lord. That's a whole other sermon. And the Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb. Uh, two people from within you shall be divided, and one shall be strong than the other, and the other shall serve the older shall serve the younger. Also, this this is just an extra nugget. You don't have to tie the extra for this or, or anything. If you if you need to, you can make it out to Zach Stevens. But um, I love how she turned to God, and God knew from beginning to end what was going to happen. And for me, when I read this, it's a real encouragement to know that the God I'm praying to is not is not guessing about tomorrow like I am. That he's very certain that he's going to lead me step by step and where I need to go. That's again, that's just extra. You're welcome. Okay, so the last part of this in verse 24, uh, when her day to give birth came, behold, there were twins in her womb. The first came out red, and his whole body like a hairy cloak. Uh, so they called him Esau. Esau means red, which later the nation of Edom came from him. And let's just be real. Let's just be real. Okay. How many men out there, I'm, I'm talking to all five campuses, how many men out there are a little hairy? You got some hair coming to some places. There we got some honesty. I know most of them are the blonde campus. Don't lie to me, Mike Allison. You got some, he's a long way away, so he can't hurt me. But see, if you're wondering, you're a hairy guy, this is your patron saint. Okay. Esau, come out, coat of hair. Okay. So again, that has nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But came out, named him Esau. Afterwards, his brother came out grabbing Esau's heel. So they named him Jacob. Jacob actually means heel grabber. And, and so they named Esau, uh, they named, they named Esau because it means red. He was covered with red hair. They named Jacob because it means heel grabber. Now, what if they did that to us today? What if they named it? Because let me tell you what would happen. Let me tell you. I was a C-section baby, okay, because I liked it in there and it was warm. And so they were cutting me out. And they were video, not videoing like my, my mom, but they were videoing my family. And you can see my papa and my dad's backs. You can't tell who's talking because they're looking. And one of them said, oh, look at that nose. They won't admit who did it. They won't admit it. But if, if, if we still went by these standards, my name would be like Gonzo or Snoz, okay? Which would be hurtful. Luckily, we don't do that anymore, okay? So we'd have some weird names going on. Um, but so they named Jacob Heel Grabber. He came out grabbing his brother. He had, he came out with that me first mentality. He came out wanting to be first. And now some of you guys don't believe that we are born sinners. All that tells me is that you don't have kids yet. That's all it tells me. And if you don't believe the devil, that just means you haven't spent a lot of time around middle schoolers. But, but we, 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 we can remedy all that, okay? So he comes out with this me first mentality, wanting to be first, wanting to push past his brother. Now, in this, in this day and age, being first meant a lot. See, if you were born first, you got what's called a birthright. You, you got a bigger piece of the inheritance. You got blessed by your father. It really means a whole lot to be born first, and Jacob wants it. Now, you're, you may be sitting there thinking, well, Zach, what's, what's wrong with that? That's how our world works, right? Our world's all about me first. Our world's all about look out for number one. Our world's all about get, get what you need, and then maybe you can help somebody else if, if it works out. And, and I, I, before we go on with Jacob, God has really, really put on my heart that, that this is not how God intended us to live. With the me first mentality, that's not what God 
wants for us. Actually, in Matthew 19.30, Jesus says these words, and you've probably heard them. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Jesus said, many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. Now, you're probably thinking the same thing I thought when I read that. Jesus, have you ever seen Talladega Nights? Right? You remember what Ricky Bobby's dad said? He said, if you ain't first, you're last. Right? So I'm, I'm wondering, Jesus, have you seen it? And I guess he didn't. I guess he's not. That's, that's not how he works. The more I read about what, what Jesus had to tell us and how he asked us to live our life, and I look at it in comparison with Jacob, I get this, that me first mentality is miserable. Me first mentality is miserable. And, and guys, this is something I'm super passionate about. Because listen, the, this me first mentality, it's the reason why we as individuals and we as a society and we as a culture are not reaching our potential. Because when it's all about us, that's where this, this racism comes from. That's where this hatred comes from. That's where this sexism comes from. That's why we have trouble tithing. Because it's like, I, I gotta pay all my bills, I gotta have my fun, then I'll tithe. I've, I've gotta, that, that's why we don't serve. That's why I've got small groups that average 20 and I can't birth them because I don't have somebody to put in there because, you, hey, I, 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 gotta, I gotta have my fun, I gotta put in my hours at work, and then if I get there, there's stuff in, our, in ourselves and there's stuff in our church and there's stuff in our society that is falling apart because of this me first mentality because it's all about me. I gotta get what's mine. And you're thinking, Zach, you're, uh, you're, you're turning red. Go saw on us. Let me tell you why I'm so passionate about this. Because in Luke, I'm so passionate about it because Jesus was passionate about it. In Luke 9, 25, Jesus said, What good is it if a man or a woman gains the whole world but loses or forfeits their soul, their self? What good is it to have all that and to lose yourself? Now, listen, I know I'm young. I get that. But I believe God has put some wisdom right here. And I, please, I beg you not to leave this weekend and not get it. I'm looking at some people out there who spanked me when I was growing up at this church. Where I st I'm still holding a grudge about that. But listen, God's got some wisdom right here this for you. And, and as I've been thinking, I closed my eyes and praying about it. And I thought about that. What good is it if a man gains the whole world but loses his soul? And I thought, I, I closed my eyes. I'm like, God, give me some wisdom on this. Help me, help me. And he, he, he brought to my mind a sinkhole, and I, I didn't really get it, right? I'm like, God, okay, I'm, I'm slow. You got to help me out. And he's like, you know what, Zach, whenever we live with this me first mentality, when we wake up every morning, it's about getting that new car, getting that new house, getting that new husband or wife, getting that promotion, whatever. And then we wake up a few months, maybe a few years later, there's a new car, there's a new house, there's a new relationship, there's a new job, and, and, and it's a sinkhole. And, and we throw more stuff in it. We throw more stuff in it. And, okay, we, we got it level. We got it level. And then we'll wake up. It seems like the next day, and it's starting to cave down in. And it's a never-ending cycle of trying to heave and trying to heave works and trying to heave stuff into that sinkhole and trying to keep it up and trying to keep it up. And a me-centered life is never enough. A me-centered life is never don't, don't take my words for it. C.S. Lewis, who a brilliant mind, said this, we do not take pride in having possessions, but having more than someone else. How true is that? We do not take pride in having possessions, but having more than someone else. So it's not about having something, it's about having more. It's not about being thin, it's about being thinner. It's not about being smart, it's about being smarter. It's not about being rich, it's about being richer, right? It's about your kids not being smart, but being smarter. Never mind we can't afford to put them in that school. It's about, it's about you being thinner. Never mind that eating that way or throwing up after you eat is, is very unhealthy for you. and It's a terrible lifestyle, but I've got to be thinner, right? You ever think about this? There'll, ever, there'll always be somebody er, er than you. You know what I'm saying? 
There'll always be somebody buffer. I'm telling you. Get on my Instagram, those giants. There's always, there'll always be somebody er-er than you. And, and <laughs> this message pastor preached came to my mind, and it's, it's incredible. Uh, he preached it probably two years ago. It's just in my brain. And it, it's about Abraham and Abraham's family. If you don't remember, Abraham is the father of our faith, right? The first one to have faith and, and to be received by Christ. And, and Abraham's family, his dad, was called to greatness. But on their way to the promised land, Abraham's dad stopped in a place called Ur of the Chaldees. Now, his dad, and I'm, I'm just totally serious, he, he stopped in a place called Ur of the Chaldees, and he got comfortable, and he built a home there, and he stayed there, and he died there. He died there. It took all of Abraham's boldness to get up and leave the land of Ur to go and have what God built for him, to go get what God destined for him. But he had to leave the land of Ur. Now, before I get rolling on the next point, there are lots of people at Faith Promise this weekend who are stuck in the land of Ur. You're stuck. You're stuck in the land of Ur. And please listen, please listen. If you don't get out of the land of Ur, you'll die there. Not only that, but your kids may die there. Your wife, your legacy will die there. I beg you, it's uncomfortable, but leave the land of Ur. Now, we're going to fast forward a little bit in Jacob's life. We saw him when he was born, little Jakey-poo, right? Now, we're going to fast forward when he's 76 years old, okay? And I don't have time to get into how crazy this family is. There is some, there is some whack stuff happening in this family, okay? Pastor may do a message on it later, but I don't have time to get into all of it. What I will tell you is that Jacob is described as a man among the tents, okay? A man among the tents, okay? He, he didn't like to get dirty. We'll just say that, okay? Uh, he, he, he probably shaved his legs a little bit. So he liked, he's a man among the tents. Esau, right? Esau was a man's man, covered in hair, hunt, you know, covered himself in deer pee like some of you guys. And so that, 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 there was a difference. So uh, Esau was more with his dad. Jacob was more with his mom. So that, that's kind of the people that they were. And so, so they were really divided as a family. So I, I tell you that just to set up this next part of Scripture I want to read to you. It's in Genesis 27. It's 15 through 21. And Rebecca is the mom. Isaac's the dad. And just so you know, Isaac, this is 76 years later. He's pretty old, losing his eyesight. So, so he's older, okay? And uh, he's not 76. His kids are 76. So he's, he's up there, okay? Um, before somebody 76 is, is mad at me. But it says, Then Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her son, uh, which were in her house, and put them on Jacob, her younger son. Just sorry, I forgot to tell you something. Um, Isaac's about to die. Isaac's getting older. His, his eyesight's going. So it's time for him to bless Esau. It's time for him to bless him, give him that, that inheritance, that blessing. Now, what he says, he says, Esau, go out and kill wild game, cook it, prepare it, bring it back, and I will bless you. See, Rebecca overheard this. The wife overheard it, and she wanted Jacob to receive that blessing. So, so, he's, uh, so whenever he leaves, she goes and gets Jacob, and she's got this plan devised. That's what I'm reading to you, okay? So let me start from the beginning now, now that you know that. Uh, so Rebecca took the best garments of Esau, her older son, and, which were in her house. I don't know why she has her 76-year-old son's clothes in her house. Again, that's another message. And put them on Jacob, her younger son. And the skin of a goat, a young goat, she put on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck. Remember, he's, he's a smooth one. Esau's hairy. Uh, listen, if you're hairy enough that you can pass for goat skin, go to the salon, something, you need it. Okay. Um, on his neck, and uh, <coughs> she put 
delicious food and bread, which he had prepared um, in Jacob's hand. So he went to his father. This is big. He went to his father and said, my father. Uh, and Isaac said, here I am. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, it is I, Esau, your firstborn. I have done as you have told me. Now sit up and eat of my game so that you may bless me. He said, I'm, I'm your older son Esau, so please sit up and bless me. Now, Isaac was a little bit leery because he had the other, it sounded like this, but then he walked up and he felt his arms and stuff and said, okay, you're Esau, and he blessed him. So I, Jacob went and stole Esau's blessing. Now, as soon as he stole it and walked out of the tent, the Bible tells us that um, Esau showed up, and Esau's a little peeved, okay? They say, Esau, your brother has stolen your blessing. He has stolen your brother. He, he, he stole that from you. So Esau's mad. And so Rebekah comes to Jacob and says, hey, you got to go. You better run, right? Because remember we said Esau is a hunter, a man's man, and Jacob is a bit, bit, bit of a Nancy. And so I don't know if you know this, but like rock, paper, scissors, rock beats scissors, gun beats frying pan. Okay, so Jacob had to run. That's how it goes. Now Jacob ran for 21 years. He got the blessing and then ran for 21 years. Here's the whole focus of this series. Now, please do not miss a week of this series. It's so good. God's got a message for you in this. But listen, the focus of this whole series is God cannot bless who you pretend to be. God cannot bless who you pretend to be. Jacob dressed up, put hair on him, tried to disguise his voice, and lied to his dad. I think all of us do this. All of us have this, this fake me, like this fake, this fake Zach right, who, who we try to portray and try to fool other people. There's the me that we can see and the me we wish we could be. You know what I'm saying? All of us, if, if you're honest, that, that's all of us in here. We have this deal where we want to try to fool people, but I want to bring up a scripture that I read earlier out of Luke. What good is it? What good was it for Jacob to steal Esau's blessing and then have to run for 21 years? Had to leave all of his friends, all of his family for 21 years. What good was it? Ladies, Young girls, what good is it to get the attention of some guy if you have to dress the way? If you've got to show more skin so he'll pay attention to you, what good is it? What good is that kind of love and affection? Men, young men, what, what good is it to have to act hard, have to act different than who you really are to get people to love and accept you, to get the certain amount of friends to love on you, to get those likes, you have to post those disgusting pictures. What good is it if you get all that and lose who you are? What good is it? What good is it if you get the popularity? What good is it if you get the car, if you get the job, if you get the money? What good is it if you get all that and you lose yourself? I got, I got some, oh, if you're, yeah, go, ahead. go ahead. Let this, let this sink in. God cannot bless you, pretend to be. God cannot, cannot anoint your avatar. God cannot save your selfie. God cannot minister to your mask. Some of you guys come to church week in and week out and wonder why you still feel empty, wonder why God's so far away, and it's because you never come as yourself, because you have this mask up, and God cannot minister to your mask. He cannot minister to who you pretend to be. Now, if we look at that part of Scripture I read at the beginning where Jacob has wrestled with that guy, and if you study it, that guy that he's wrestled with, it's what's called a Christophany. It's a representation of Christ in the Old Testament. Now he's wrestling. In his whole life, Jacob has been grabbing on to other people. He's been stealing, right? Because Jacob not only means heel grabber, it means deceiver. So he's been grabbing on the heels. He's been grabbing on a blessing on his. He's been grabbing on the stuff 
his whole life. And finally, something grabs a hold of him, and that's Jesus, right? Here's what I want you to see. Back to the beginning in, in verse 26, he, the Jesus Christ, the Christophany says, let me go. And Jacob says, I will not let you go until you bless me. And here, just, just let, let's just be honest. There's some people in here who are tired. There's some people in here, your hips popped out of joint. There's people in here, you're depressed, you're addicted, you don't know what to do. Can I just beg you something? Don't let go of God until he blesses you. Tell God this weekend, God, I will not let go of you until you bless me. I need you. I will not let go until you show up in my life. Because what we see in this passage is God is faithful and just to show up when we say, we will not let you go, God, until you bless me. And then he, when he says, I will not let you go until you bless me, that, that, the, the, that representation of Christ says, well, what's your name? Listen, if you've been wrestling somebody all night and you don't know their name, you're sinning, um, and stop it. But <laughs> this is different. So he says, what's your name? This is huge. This is huge. For 21 years, he's been running with Esau's blessing. He's been going to Esau for 21 years. And in, in Genesis 32, 28, he, uh, he says, my, my name is Jacob. My name is Deceiver. My name's Liar. My name's Imperfect. That's who I am. Listen, <laughs> you would think that Christophany would say, well, let go of me. You're Jacob. You're, you're a deceiver. You're a liar. But Christ's response is so beautiful. In verse 28, he says, then he said to him, your name will no longer be Jacob, but your name will be Israel, for you have striven with God and with men and have prevailed. All he had to do was tell him his name, and he changed his name. All he had to do was be honest and say, my name is Jacob. My name is Zach. That's who I am, God. And he changed. Listen, this, this is incredible. Jacob means heel grabber, deceiver. Israel, what God wants to name me, what God wants to name you means triumphant with God. All he had to do was be honest, and that's what God renamed him. That's the kind of God that we serve. He said, your name is, is your name is triumphant with God. Now, now as, as we land this plane, I got to be honest with you. At, at this point, I was, I was I'm, I'm, I'm kind of wrestling with God myself because I'm, I'm like, God, well, God, I've been saved. You've called me Israel. You've called me triumphant with God. But as I kept reading with Jacob, his life, there's times where he's called Jacob and there's times where he's called Israel. And I didn't know why, why, because I, I had this in my life. And maybe I'm the only sinner in here, but some days I go through and I kill it. I have my quiet time. I respect my wife, right? I'm patient with my child. I, I, I kill it, right? And then those other days, I don't have my time with God. I'm selfish and disrespectful to my wife. I keep my kid at a distance, and I do just the bare minimum. And I'm a, I'm a big Jacob is what I am. I don't know about you, but I had days like that. So this, this right here is where the message got serious for me. I was like, God, I've been saved. Why do I go back and forth? Why do I oscillate between Jacob and Israel? Why did you do that? Why didn't you just change his name? A guy, here, it's about to get good. Here it goes. Some of you guys, um, whenever you sit down, like some roots grow uh, from your cheek to your seat, and you never want to get up, but you're going to want to get up and cheer here in just a minute, okay? So just shake them loose, okay? <laughs> Pastor's watching from Italy. You're welcome, okay? <laughs> um, <laughs> so I, I asked God, I said, God, Why? Why is he Jacob at times, and why is he Israel? Why? And God brought me to this passage of Scripture, and it is so good. It's so good. In Exodus 3, 13 through 15, this is hundreds of years after Jacob has died, and we're with Moses, right? Moses, the guy that marched um, uh, the Israelites out of Egypt. You've seen the movie. And so we're looking at Moses now. 
Then Moses said to God, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, your God, your God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, what is his name, what shall I say to them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, say to the people of Israel, I am has sent you. Ooh. Also, he said, God said to Moses, say to the people of Israel, the Lord and God of the fathers of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob sent you. And, and, I, and, and I, what? Why is it not the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel? Why would he not pick his good side? Why would he not say, I'm the God that, that, of the guy who is triumphant with God? Why is it not that? But he said, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And as I dove into that and asked God why, it's because he's the God of our failures. He is the God of no filter. He is the God of no matter what you've done, no matter what you're addicted to, hey, let's get up and celebrate who God is. Let's get up and celebrate that he's our God. No matter what you've done, no matter what you've been, he's the God of your Jacob. He's the God of your imperfections. He's the God no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, he's your God. That's who he is no matter where you are. If you feel lost, if you feel down, he's still your God, right? This is, this is the only religion that does that. And let, let's just stay standing. I'm, 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 I'm closing. I'm closing. Let's just stay standing because this is about to be the best part. Christ is the only religious leader, the only one who ever said, hey, come to me with no filter. Hey, come to me dirty. Hey, come to me. Hey, no, you, you don't have to fill those requirements. You come to me. I'll hold you, right? I am your filter is what Christ said to us. Now, there's some people in the room. There's some people in the room, and you know what? You didn't know that. You didn't know that God was your God with no filter. That's not what you knew. Standing at all five of our locations, there's some people in here for the first time, you realize, you know what? God is my God no matter what I've done. And you know what? One of my most favorite scriptures in Romans 10, 9, it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. No matter what you've done, you will be saved. Now, there's some people in the room, it's your time. It's your time, it's your night. It's your weekend to say, you know what? I'm ready to drop my filter. I'm ready to be saved. I'm ready for Jesus to be my filter. And it is so freeing. You know, with head bowed and eyes crossed, uh, head bowed, <laughs> eyes closed. Don't cross your eyes. <laughs> At all five of our locations, I want you to pray with me. If this is your, week, if this is your weekend to give your life to Christ, we're all going to pray together. We don't do anything alone at Faith Promise Church. We're all going to pray together, right? And if you're ready to have that freedom, if you're ready, if you're ready to drop your filter, if you're ready, let's do that right now. All together, we're all going to pray with me. Let's pray. Say, Jesus, I know I've sinned. I know I've blown it. I know Jesus died for me. I want to live for him. Jesus, be Lord of my life. I surrender my life to you. Be my filter, the God of my failures. Amen. And just keep your head, heads bowed real quick. And just, hey, if you pray that prayer across all five of our locations with me this weekend, I just want you to slip your hand up. Just slip your hand up. That's hands all over the place. Praise God. Faith Promise, can, can, we, can we celebrate together? Can we celebrate together? Hey, has it been great to be in church this weekend? All right, all right. All right, you guys can have a seat. You guys can have a seat. And uh, now all, all, uh, all of our locations are they're, they're on their own. And, and what, just what I want to encourage you, I just want to encourage you again. 
God is the God. God is your God. No matter what you've done. No matter what filter you have. And I'm going to pray for us and I'm going to close. But I just want to encourage you again. Up front, there'll be, there'll be some clipboards if you want to serve in student ministry. And I just want to encourage you. Maybe students in your deal. Maybe middle school will scare you. I did uh, kind of uh, connect him with the devil earlier. I didn't mean that totally. Um, but uh, so I, I just want to encourage you. There'll, there'll be some stuff up here. We, we want you to be a part. We want you to be on our team. Um, I, I just want to pray over you. Because right now there's some people in the room. There's some that just gave their life to Christ. And then there's others who have been saved. But you've been trying to paint your own filter on every morning. And you're tired. You're tired. You know what? God wants to take that from you. God wants to be your filter. God wants to be the God of your failures. And it's so, so freeing to live your life that way. God, right now I want to pray over this room. I want to pray over faith promise, God. God, I, I, we're, we're tired of living that, that me first mentality, God, where we're trying to pile into that sinkhole and pile on and pile on. And God, I just beg you, I beg you, God, that today, God, that we would let you be the God of our failures, that you would be the God of Jacob, you would be the God of Zach, God, you would be the, the God of the one of us who have failed, the one of us who have blown it, God, that you would be our God. God, we need you. We're lost without you. Father, we love you so, so much. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would fall on us in a mighty, mighty way. In your precious name we pray. Amen. One more time. It's been great to be at church this weekend. All right, guys. You guys are dismissed. We'll see you back here next weekend.